Abraham Negan. I am Negan. What's up, people? Welcome to another episode of I Am Negan, a TWD Universe podcast. And tonight's episode is based off of Fear of the Walking Dead. It's called Alaska. This is season six, episode three. This uh, was my favorite so far. I really liked this episode. Just the, the pacing and, and the the presentation the location everything was just this was great i love this episode all right so quick uh, i am your host adam vale tonight i'm joined by dana abercrombie hello everyone and richard bailey jr good evening everyone all right cool real quick thanks again everybody for all the support for all the views and the listens and subscribing to the itunes and on uh, spotify and here on youtube it's been great this is cool this is all cool because it just shows a lot of people still interested in the walking dead and that's what we're about right that's it we're here to talk about it so let's just get into it this episode starts off with morgan and now he's back with rachel and little morgan so in the last scene in the last episode we saw that he had visit the virginia's group Right? And we saw that whole little exchange with Daniel. Okay, so now we see it's broad daylight. He's back at this location, this hidden location where uh, Rachel had the baby. And he's talking about how he's got some supplies. And he's been going, he has a, a friend on the inside who he's been dealing with. But that guy doesn't know where they are. But he's trying to come up with some kind of strategy to get them out. And that's cool. We get to see that. We get to see that he didn't leave her alone because that's that was my fear at, at first is that he just left. He was like, you know what? We saw him on the horse at the first ep- end of the first episode. And he's like, I got to go do things. And then we saw what happened in the last episode. All right, we see what kind of things he's doing. But now we really see that he none of that really happened. His whole thing was just going out there. He found them. He made contact. Now he's getting supplies. He's scavenging also, but he's getting some direct supplies because Rachel noticed certain items that were in that bag that could only have come from that area because she was uh, formerly part of that group. And so they they go into a little back and forth, and then she says, hey, listen, you want to hold the baby? And he's like, ah, oh, my arm. But I don't think that's the case. I think there's more to it. I think it probably triggers memories of his family. And then we get this really quick montage moment of him, like he's giving a speech talking to her about what he wants for the the people and you see him building spears and setting up traps and he he's pretty much fortifying this location you know and i put a little note here because i think a lot of people if let's say uh, i'm i don't know these people personally but let's say there's people that just watch fear and never watch the walking dead or even follow the comics then they probably don't know that he didn't just figure this out on his own this is something that he's known how to do that we saw in the earlier seasons of uh, Walking Dead when Rick encountered him and his whole home, the, the street was booby-trapped, remember? The house was booby-trapped and it Rick got hurt. I mean, the guy knows how to do these type of things. So when I when I got to see that scene and you see him like sharpening spears and setting up wiring and doing all this stuff, it's like, oh, this is great. This is great. We're, we're getting, this is going to be an amazing scene because eventually you know there's going to be some conflict and it's going to take place at this location. But he says he's doing all this because his end goal is to bring all his buddies, all his people here. He's making a new home for them. All right. So that was it for that opening scene. So Dana, what did you think of that? 
I've seen where more Morgan stands right now. I honestly was surprised at first because, like you, I thought he bounced. I thought he left her and the baby and was like, no, I don't need emotions and feelings. Let me go, you know, do whatever it is I have to do. But I was very shocked and very happy to see him back. Um, also, you kind of do see him keeping a distance between Morgan and himself. Uh, just so baby I Morgan. feel yeah, it. Baby Morgan. Baby Morgan. Now, he, I don't think he wants that. Not he doesn't want a connection, but, you know, it's very un, untrying times mm-hmm. in certain situations. And as viewers, we all learn, let's not get attached to people, including children. Uh, so I think he kind of has that kind of thing. And there's also a little bit, if you look to me, he's always like a little bit of sadness when he looks at baby Morgan. Mm-hmm. It reminds him of his own family. So I thought that was very sweet and enduring, but there was a scene where he was actually playing with the mobile. So, you know, the, where the baby was looking up and staring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was like a very sweet scene. We got to see that kind of fatherly side to him. Um, when he came back with all the different supplies, you know, again, it showed how he was thinking about them and thinking about Morgan. And the fact that the whole booby traps you were saying that was a callback to the first ep- was the first episode. I strongly believe it was the first episode, maybe second or third. But it was within that first season of The Walking Dead with the, with the kid. Yeah, I was trying um, to remember that. I think it was the second season. I, I think it was second episode. Yeah. No, no, no. It was the first season because I started rewatching it and I'm not onto the second season yet. So it's the first season. Okay. For sure. When he, when he stumbles upon, well, when the son basically stumbles upon him and almost kills him. Um, so, Rick, I meant. So, um, that was a very nice I don't want to say callback, but for those of the fans who've watched, to us, it felt like a callback. Um, so within that, really, that season there, the fact that he is making this into a camp and to bring back all the people that are kind of scattered everywhere and he's searching for them, that I really feel is... I liked how he was going about that. And as we saw in previous episode, you know, he's really scouting and looking... And he's really kind of like the, 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 I don't want to say scavenger of people, but he's, Mm -hmm. that is his role that we seem to know for this season, at least that's going to be his role. And to kind of have that place of home for the, the girl, the baby and for others. So that's very nice. Now he'll end up getting everyone back together. That's the thing that I really want to see. And I, you know, strongly think we'll play out this season. So I'm looking forward to that. So yes, it was a very good beginning. Um, and it showed the many different emotions and the different layers and the different plots of what Morgan is doing. Mm-hmm. That it does. All right, Rich, what did you think? Uh, I also thought it was a good beginning. Uh, two points I want to throw out there first and foremost. We know, Adam, that uh, you are typically the one that uh, will watch these episodes and question a lot of things that a lot of people will ignore. So let me just go ahead and address this. When Morgan mentioned that he had a friend on the inside, I think we can all agree that that was Daniel. Yeah, I was Daniel. Uh, when we saw Morgan, he ha- obviously had a haircut, and we know they have already established in the past that Daniel is a barber. So I assume that they had a scene, but of course that was not shown. Um, and then, and then, in in that moment of when the, when they had the, those scenes, that was also probably when he got access to those supplies to bring back. So I just wanted to say that because. Uh, I think a lot of people, they might question that for some reason, even though I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, um, I mean, if it's not Daniel, then it's definitely Rachel. Somebody hooked him up. It I was mean, one. It was somebody. No, no, it, it definitely was Daniel because Rachel was the is the uh, woman uh, who she was surprised that he brought the supplies. And that actually goes to my other point. You see, 
yes, the goal is to bring everybody back there, you know, because that is a place of a safe haven. But you saw how Rachel's reaction was when Morgan told her, yes, someone on the inside. And I have a fear that uh, something might happen to Rachel because, again, we, we, we already know what's going to happen if Jenny finds out about this place. Yeah. Uh, and, and everyone would like to believe that it'll be a happy ending, but this is The Walking Dead still. So I just want to. Oh, no, I'm sad. I'm sure some people are like, oh, this is perfect. They're just going to hook up and they have a little baby Morgan. But he even mentions Grace again. He's still hooked on Grace. Even though that's not his kid that she's carrying, he's still hooked on Grace. So, and he brings that up in his little speech that he was giving Rachel. So uh, it doesn't look like he's going to fill that role, but maybe he'll just be there for her. And I'm just glad to see that that segment that little part of episode one with with her and the baby that that wasn't forgotten that wasn't like oh during my journeys i came across this woman who gave birth to a child what happened to her? i don't know i left her in this protected area does she have supplies whatever don't know i got my own agenda so oh yeah so yeah it's good to see the scene to establish that he hasn't forgotten about that character but i, I do want to give people a cautionary tale here is that you saw how she, how concerned she was when she thought that these other people knew where they were at, and I, and I, and obviously, up until this point, Morgan has outsmarted Jenny, but there will come a point in time in this season when Jenny is going to do something well, that's going to to make uh, you know it's it's, it's going to be something that Morgan didn't anticipate. So we just have to wait and see what that is. I just hope it doesn't mean that they're going to actually kill Rachel. Well, well, the one thing we do know for sure, and that was from the first episode of the season, that Isaac told Morgan no one else knows about this. That he yeah. is the only one to find it, and that him and the Rangers used to always do their, their rounds, and no one ever paid attention to it. So when he saw it, he knew this was a great hiding spot. So that's great. So it's not on the radar. It's not like, oh, this is one of our spots, but uh, no one ever really comes out here often. No, no one knows about it. And they want to just emphasize on that in that first episode. So that in that way, we don't think that, oh, well, we're going to see some rangers just, you know, gallop out, you know, just moving around. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, we haven't checked that area in a while. No, no, no one ever goes here. All right. So the next scene, this is a fun one. This whole little, this whole episode. I really like this episode. Really liked everything about this episode because here it is. Now we have Al and Dwight together, and we, the opening scene is through the camera lens. It's like a, an FPS, you know, the first person shooting here. So we're seeing through the, the the point of the camera, which is what we used to see before whenever they would uh, do certain segments with Al. And uh, she's following Dwight, and she's looking. You hear walkers, like, and he's fighting them. Well, he's killing them, giving them the true death. That's what I like to call it because they're already dead. You know. So he's killing them, and at the same time, he's picking up their IDs and calling out where they're from. Different areas. Like, oh, this one's, from, what was it? It was Arizona, and it was another one from another area. And he was like, all right, so he was like, what do we do now? I was like, well, we just got to keep going. And they're trying to figure out, and we find this out on the walkie talkie, because once they clear this first floor and they're looking around, they're like, all right, we find out that it's in a funeral home. And they call in that they want to head back to the rally point. And the voice on the other end says, nope, you guys need to keep looking. You need to find out what's going on, what killed them. And at first I was confused by this. I'm like, what do you mean what killed them? We know, and I put this in my notes. I mean, they should know this. I know in the Walking Dead properties we know is that once you die, you turn. And that has happened in fear. We've seen people die and turn. So what are they talking about? Well, 
I guess at some point, maybe I missed it. Did they mention that these people were okay and got sick? They're really yeah. It about... was Dana? sorry, Dana. bubonic plague. It was the bubonic plague. Yeah, no, we find she confirms that after oh. later on in it. But I mean, at that at the funeral home. We don't know this because then he was like, oh, she's, this is where Al gets frustrated. She was like, listen, I just want to start searching for people that are alive. I don't care about how people died. And he was like, hey, well, this is what we got to do. Let's just get this over with. So let's go upstairs, finish that. So she goes upstairs. And while she's up there, she you hear more chatter on the walkie-talkie. But it's a different voice. And it's different coordinates. And they're talking about going to a different location and going to uh, another site Oh, what was the name of that site? It was another drop site that they were talking about. And uh, while she was listening in on this, you see another walker come in. And this one looks pretty fresh. You know, and it, it was weird because it looks fresh. But then she walks toward it because she was some distance away from it. But yeah, she walks toward it. And then it, like, it pushes her onto that table that's there. Dwight comes in, kills it. You know, puts it down, and then they're looking at it. And he's like, "Man, what's going on with this? Why? Why does she look this way?" And he's like, "Oh, well, she's been embalmed. This is a funeral home, so it's it's an embalmed body." He's like, "Oh, why would they do that? Wait, he's never been to a funeral. I mean, that's what you do to keep it fresh, so that way you guys, especially at a wake, you know, you can pay your respects and move on." And uh, they're there having a conversation about this, and uh, he finds beer. Now. Did you understand the whole thing with the beer part here where he starts talking about the beer lady? Did this trigger anything? Rich, Dana? Only thing that it triggered was that it would, to me, remember, we just watched World Beyond and it seemed like everyone was obsessed with beer. Yeah. But other than that, no. No, right? Because I was like, as we get further in this episode, they keep referring to later on a certain character as the beer lady. I was like, but how do they know that she's the one placing the beer? That I, I don't know. That I don't know. But anyway, still part of the scene, and then I'll get your thoughts on this, because we're doing a scene by scene. This is all I have in the next scene. They go outside after clearing that area, and they decided to you know, start drinking this beer. The beer tastes like crap. Yeah, it's old beer. You know, they both agree, and then Dwight cracks a joke that it tastes better with pretzels. You know, everything tastes better with pretzels. And uh, there's some chatter again on this walkie-talkie. He doesn't know the voices. He hears it. Same thing. It's talking about going to a rally point, or not a rally point, but a drop point, no location. And he's like, what's that? And she's like, oh, she's keeping secrets again. And then she finally clears it up. It's like, I remember that girl with the helicopter last season. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Well, this is her. I think it's her. And it, they seem to be doing these drop points. And she was playing with the walkie-talkie on different channels. And she just picked up on it. And so she's been listening. And, and what she would really like to do is find her and go out there. You know, but she doesn't know how to do it. And then Dwight was like, hey, I know how we could do this. Uh, we'll find a walker. I'll kill it. And we'll just make it look like you. And I'll film it and just say, hey, look, this is it. This is what happened. You know, she died. And uh, they, I don't know why. They, that sounded like a great plan to me. But somewhere along the lines, they're like, no, no, we can't do that. We got to check in the whole thing. And he's like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just go do this. Let's just go find, if you think this is that, the, and they call her the beer lady. And that's the part right there. They start calling her the beer lady. I don't know where they get that from. Maybe she mentioned it on a walkie and I missed it. But, uh, that, right? That's the thing. I don't know why they're calling her the beer The lady. only thing that I can remember in regards to the beer was, remember... Jim, and he was the beer guy. 
but for a beer lady, I don't remember. I remember Jim. Remember Jimmy had the brewery, yeah. and he gave huge speeches about you know yeah, yeah, we're yeah, yeah, made yeah. from beer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't. I was trying to recall like was she connected to Jim? Maybe, but no. No, not at all. Not at all. So then uh, that's it. The new plan is you know what he was like. You know we we'll deal with that later. Let's just go. Let's do it. You know, and it's like the, it's the old saying: it's like live for something or die for nothing. And it sort of makes sense because here it is, their joke, their job from Jenny is that they have this film. They go out there, they film what's going on in these rooms, killing them, clearing them, just trying to discover what's causing it. Because at this point, we don't know what's what's infecting these people and and getting them sick and killing them. Because it sounds like this was one of their locations, part of their their group, and they lost contact with them. And when they go back, they're all dead. So it's like, okay, this is it. So, Rich, what did you think about all this? This whole scene here, the introducing them for the first time this season, Dwight and Al, and their new job. Well, first and foremost, in regard to the comment about the beer lady, we will get into that later because I feel that that question was answered at the end of the episode, but I can't jump ahead to that scene because we're not there yet. So, but you agree we'll get we, to didn't, that later. we didn't hear anything. It's only because when he found oh, the beer. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, know yeah. I know what he's talking about, too. But I'm just saying at the beginning when he said he found beer and then he even starts referring to her as the beer lady leading up to that, not knowing. I just, how do you know she dropped the beer off? How do you know that's connected? That's what, what baffled me. I didn't know. No, that probably was a conversation that Al had with Dwight last season. Maybe. Um, I mean, I don't I don't recall, I don't recall the specifics because she didn't really say too much about that, about this this lady. All we know is that that's a lady she has been looking for. Um, but as for the scene itself, uh, yeah, it was good for them to show, again, what these characters have been up to. What I especially like about this episode, as well as all the other episodes, is that the other storylines are still there behind the scenes building to something else because one thing that you forgot to mention is that in that beginning scene you know as they were looking through the house once again we saw the end is the beginning spray painted on the wall we saw that and that's a callback yeah i saw that in the in the, the office building uh I didn't see that in the house. I saw that in the office building. Because then even later in the episode, she calls back to this. She was like, I think the people that did this are the people that spray painted in the lobby. Yeah. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Well, maybe, maybe. Maybe it was. I mean, I could have recalled that they saw this way before they got to the office. But we'll see. But the point of the matter is that, again, it's a reminder that this, the the mystery behind these people is still a part of this because every single week we get some type of, you know, further information about what's going on with this group. Because last week we saw that, uh, you know, um, they explained more about the key in terms of when uh, Victor got access to the key. Uh, but they still are not it's still very vague with the details. But I like how every episode they're still having a layer of that question uh, get answered to some degree. Or you're just getting more information. So it's building to something that we're going to find out as the season uh, progresses. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. We'll, we'll definitely find that out. Yeah. All right. So then now they are navigating to this drop point, this drop site. And from what she understands, that this is where the helicopters land. There has to be a landing pad somewhere. And as they approach this location, they see it's an office building. It's a large office building later on. And I'll just say it now. They, we found it's 32 floors. So it, it's a fairly large building. 
And it's something rare that we see in the Walking Dead universe as a whole, that they actually go into these type of buildings. So as they approach, you see there's one walker in the front. It's growling and stuff, and Dwight just stomps it out. It's like, all right, whatever. But in traditional fashion, what they've been doing in this episode, he takes a look for the ID, sees the ID, and he says, oh, Alaska. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, all right, there you go. And he sees that as a positive sign. He's like, oh, this is from Alaska. I, I don't know why he sees it as a positive. I don't think they're in Alaska. But he, that's what he had mentioned. I wrote that down with a question mark. Why is that a positive? I don't know. But they, they enter the building. And this is where when they enter into the lobby, they see they put on their flashlights. And that's where they see this, the, the end is the beginning. And that's up on the wall. And I'm like, all right, what does that mean? And Al was like, oh, well, everybody gets met metaphorical during this whole time, you know. And they start thinking about what's really the meaning of the of life when everything has fallen apart. Uh-huh. You know, so real quick, what did you think when you saw that? Because I think this is, is this key because now this is tying in from the end of episode one with the spray can. So once you see this, what did you think, Dana? Of... The, what, what, the, the, the end is the beginning. Once you saw the spray can. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. And remember, that was also teased um, during the episode where we saw it was on the submarine. I think that this is going to be something that is key. Remember, we're getting the different coordinates, and she's talking to the people on the on the walkie-talkie. Yeah. And the different channels. I think that this is going to be another group. I think that this plays some form of significance. Maybe not necessarily the end is the beginning. The beginning is the end because we all know that. You know, just in general. But it may... Okay. Maybe I'm putting on my little conspiracy tinfoil hat here, right? Mm -hmm. So, remember how we're looking for... Remember, there was the warehouse and we were like, you're building an army? And we have to find the key? And this the key is within you? That whole scene there? And they have the people going through the warehouse with the zombies? Mm -hmm. Okay, I feel that somehow this group that we don't know of that has the beginning is in and is the beginning with the submarine. Somehow this is something that belongs to a much larger picture that maybe, oh gosh, I forgot her name. Um, the Virginia? one who's, yes, the one that Virginia mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, not maybe, maybe she's someone who she's talking to or maybe that she is looking for because we don't fully know Virginia's full game. And I don't trust Virginia in the sense that she's telling us everything. Yeah. So I strongly feel that that group with that submarine thing is going to tie this whole season in together. We have Morgan who just wants to build a home and a settler and wants to have the family all together. We have Virginia. She is searching for something to build an army. Why are you building an army? For what purpose? So I feel that then you also we have sprinkled in with other people looking for other people. I strongly believe that this is going to be some form of an overarching thing where we have to battle towards something. I'm not saying that it's another group of magical walkers. Remember, like we had the whisperers in the regular Walking Dead, mm -hmm. but it is something that is much maybe a larger threat. Maybe who knows something. Remember, we have the, the helicopters, the black helicopters yeah. again. Mm -hmm. That and then also That's again a, the civil the civic republic right remember the CRM they stated this in multiple interviews this is all connected fear and even a world's beyond even though it may take place in different time periods and stuff these the groups itself I believe is all connected so tinfoil 
No, I agree with that. Rich, what do you think of this? The meaning of this song? Because at first, I'll, I'll just give my little thoughts on this. I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is where they're based out of. Maybe this is all connected on that. And I didn't see it as what we'll find out later. But I really thought, well, oh, just like what they put on, on the side of the submarine. And we assumed that that was their base. I figured maybe this is one of their locations. We're going to find these people here. The end is the beginning. That's the name of this cult that I'm thinking in my mind. And you get it? And this was their building. It makes perfect sense because it's 32 floors. It's a huge building. I was like, yeah, why not overtake an entire building? So that was was my theory right there. Rich, what did you say? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I, I do believe that it is a rival group that, uh, I mean, with all the stuff that Virginia said about building an army, I do believe that there are people that are opposing enemies uh, against Virginia, and those are the ones that are coming back after them. Now, who that is, is to be determined. We will have to wait and see. But um, at this point, I just think, like I said uh, previously, they're just leaving the viewers clues as to let you know that this is a big threat that's coming. Because, again, like, like I already mentioned, Victor got the key last week. And that key, those keys are connected to the people that have, they have these keys to get, they get access to whatever it is that they're trying to get access to. So, like I said, I'm going to just let the storyline play out and see where it's going. But yeah, I just thought this was just a clue, an Easter egg, just so, so that you can remember this later when they reveal a lot more. Or, and I also wonder, the sister, there's something about kids and they, they're nosy, they always know information. And I wonder if the sister you know, could be the one who knows more than what's really going on. Oh, uh, Virginia's Virginia, sister? Virginia's sister. Who's oh, like, you know, let me, I can't stand you guys. Let me, you know, help you because my sister's crazy. Why is she crazy? What's going on? I don't know. Yeah, why not? Yeah, man. All right. So then now we're inside the building and we have uh, Al and and Dwight and they're going up one of the stairwells and it's you can clearly see they they point this out and it's a it's a key thing to mention it's like once they hit the fifth floor they start hearing a lot of noises a lot of walkers right and on their way up they kill uh, they open one door and they kill some walkers that are in there and you see rats they emphasize that there's rats there i didn't see any other real reason to keep zooming in for the camera work to zoom in on the rats at the time because I'm like, all right, well, there's rats. It's a, it's a building. There's dead bodies. It's it's chowing down on something. Whatever. You know. But uh, still, they go up further, try to get past the fifth floor. And then they see there's all this furniture pushed up against a doorway there. There's all these walkers there on the other end. They The walkers notice them. And just like for fresh food, they start really pushing to get through. Some get through. They run. Uh, Dwight and Al run back down to the fifth floor open up the door, close it, slam it behind it, start doing that whole little thing where they're trying to fight off these these walkers that are trying to break in. But then they fortify that door to that floor. And just when you think they're you know, cleared of danger, there is a man and a woman, and I don't think they, she ever acknowledges her name or the man. And the woman is holding a gun, pointing at them. It's like, who are you? What are you doing here? And it's like, all right, this is it. In my mind, I'm thinking, all right, this is that group. The end is the beginning. We found the cult. I was right. These people are here. And uh, 
she also noticed, she was like, why are you filming us? She said, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, because they have their body cams and the whole thing. They film everything. It's like, well, one, and she starts throwing a lot of questions. She was like, are you with the people upstairs? And this and this and that. It's like, no, we're trying to get to the roof. Listen, we're not from here. We're trying to get to the roof. And the woman says, hey, don't even bother going up there because they don't care about you. They're not here to save you. And I was like, how do you know this? I was like, well, then the other guy speaks. He said, well, we sent one of our friends up there and uh, they killed him and they threw him off. And she was like, yeah, I know. And this is what the woman's saying. She's like, I know. I saw them throw. I heard the shot and I saw them throw him off the roof. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's the guy they saw outside. The, the walker, the, the dead one. I was like, that, this is it. This is perfect sense now. It all makes sense. So they go in a back and forth thing. And, and Al is like, listen, we're just trying to do this. We're trying to get help. We're trying to figure out what's going on. We're not part of that group. We're sort of part of another group. But then she's also trying to say, well, we our other group won't really help you either. So uh, this is a, another little quick scene that I didn't really understand why they decided to do this. But then they explain it. She says, all right, well, she tells that the woman tells the man, we're going to put them in the office, lock them in the office. They lock them in the office. And the main reason why is so that way the woman and the man can watch the tapes. Because then she comes back in and she's like, all right, we watched the tapes. This is really what you're doing. You're just going and filming this type of stuff. And she's like, yeah, people are getting sick and dying. This is Al speaking. And we're just trying to figure this out. And she's like, well, then we need your help. And she brings them further down on the fifth floor in that area there. And you see a bunch of people are sick. They're coughing and doing this. Stuff. And this sort of threw me off because I'm like, well, yeah, they're, they're converting. They're, they're turning into walkers. At this point, don't you know about this, how this works? You put them in another room. I still didn't get it in my head that this was something more than them being bit. Because the woman sort of explains it. She was like, they've, they got bit. Did she say they got bit or they're just getting sick? They were just getting sick right, in the just, office. This made it. me, I had a different theory completely than yours. No, yeah, so she was like, all right, they're just getting sick. And you see a lot of them, and Al gets close to one of the guys. He's just, like, hunched over on a table, and he looks horrible. And it triggers something in her head. And remember, she was a field journalist. She traveled all over the world. This is what she did, and that's why she filmed everything. And when we first met her a few seasons back, that's exactly what she was doing. She was documenting. So she pulls Dwight aside and she's like, we got to get out of here. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, it's like, I've seen this. This is the bubonic plague. It's like when I was over in Algeria, I saw this spread. Look at the bites on the neck. The rats, this is it. This is how they're getting sick. This is how everyone is getting sick. So then this links back to the opening, well, their opening scene where they're at the funeral home and those people and how they got sick. The rats, because there was rats there too. So it's like, okay, now we get it. But how is this happening? I'm all of a sudden, but it was right before I get you guys in on this. It was the scene that follows right after she announces this that really got me like, whoa, that was all of a sudden. She doesn't even tell the woman, hey, I know what's causing this. She just says, Dwight, we got to go. And they run. She runs to the door, to the, the, the stairwell, and she closes it, finds an axe up on the wall. You know, the fire axe that they have. She manages to take the axe, locks the door, and she's like, come on, let's go. We're leaving. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we got to keep going up. They, we, it's too late for them. We can't deal with this. Now we know it's a plague and we don't want to get infected and the whole thing. So both of you guys. Uh, Rich, what did you think of that? The, just the discovery, meeting these people, finding out there's a plague and Al's reaction. 
Well, I think the reaction was necessary because, again, this is also about building up Dwight's character. We know that Dwight has done horrible things in the past. Oh, yeah. And this is a character that is on a journey of self-discovery to become a better person. This is why he was against not helping the people. Uh, So I think they had to put that in there because, again, they want to remind the viewers that Dwight is a changed man. Um, that's what I got out of that, that whole interaction. And, and then the whole thing about them revealing that, the, that it's a plague. Uh, once again, I thought that was a good decision to explain what's going on with these other people and then to tie it back to the rats. I, I didn't have any issues with that at all. So you thought it, was, it just made perfect sense just to, to book out of there. I'm like, oh, forget it. We can't deal with this. It just, well, 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 well again, again, it's about, establishing Dwight's character mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, that this is a character that has had to, had, had done a lot, a lot of bad things in the past. So, and they're still putting him through tests because even last season he was tested when he could have killed the guy that was a part of Virginia's group and he didn't kill him. So it really, in my opinion, because Dwight, the whole episode, he was vibing and getting along with Al, but then they had the conflicts back and forth. I think that was there specifically to show you Dwight really did want to help these people, um, and that's why they had, you know, Al have a difference of opinion in that whole situation. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Dana? Okay, so here, uh, I, I struggled with the blue, the bubonic plague situation. From the sense that we know why the rats were there, rats have the bubonic plague, and that's how they mm-hmm. bite humans. And usually, it's fleas that give rats the bubonic plague. But tinfoil hat again, we don't know what that other group is about. Right, the end is the beginning. The beginning is the end. Submarine group. We don't know what it's about, and so I was wondering if somehow this is connected to the random plague that's in this office. Um, if we're going to see other curable but kind of foreign that we used to thought was dead diseases mm. come back again because I don't know if this group is somehow involved with that because the bubonic plague that whole thing was really random yeah. also, but, but I don't they, they also didn't say where they were remember they split the, the groups up so we don't know so at first mm-hmm. even when I saw the title I'm like Alaska oh maybe they got shipped off to Alaska who knows right. they could be anywhere we don't know. A submarine would be great for Alaska. It cuts through all that ice. Yeah. Random that, thought. That, so, that, that question was actually answered later, but we'll get uh, into that later. Oh, well, then, never mind. Well, then, okay. Um, but in regards to that, it threw me off, but I think that that is important. That'll come back later. Um, but the scene itself was... Another thing I also wonder is where are they getting supplies from? And I can't help but wonder if it's well. We got that answer later, but you know, it again. I think there's a lot of moving parts that connect to other things. But for this whole scene, I thought it was very good. Then I thought it was very important, and the fact that you know Dwight does need that kind of redemption factor, and also wouldn't you run out of the place too if someone had like the plague? Yeah, but I think I would sort of tell the woman this. I'm like, hey, listen, I know you want help. That's what you asked us for. But these people have the plague. I see the bites on them with the rats. I have experience being around this type of situation. You need to leave. Cut your losses. Let's go. But no, 
It's more like, ah, it. and she locks her in because the woman runs over to and says, hey, what's going on? And I wasn't sure if there was another way. There has to be, obviously. It's an office building. There has to be another way out of there. But it was just weird the way Al just slammed the door, grabbed the axe, locked him. Like, all right, that's it. So you lock them in there knowing that these mm-hmm. people are going to turn and then pretty much kill the, the man and woman that were trying to help them. You know, the world is cold. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't find anything wrong with that because once again, you know, if it's you know that this is something where someone can get effect, infected, uh, so I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure if you was locked in a room with somebody that has a virus that you can catch, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure somebody's gonna try to hurry up and get out of there as soon as possible. I mean, it kind of seems really present. Yes, it does. <laughs> you sneeze. <laughs> what's everyone doing? Running. Yeah. 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 All right, so they get further up. They go up a few more flights, and uh, they are killing walkers on their way up. They kill one, another one that uh, Dwight decides to grab the ID from, and says, Tennessee. It's like, all right, so I'm trying to figure this out in my head. I'm like, what's going on? Because we're hearing all these different locations. At first, when I heard all the different locations of the IDs at the funeral home, it just made sense. It's like, oh, they're here. These are people that came from out of town for a funeral or a wake. And that's why we're seeing all these different IDs. Okay, I get that. But then now here it is at the office building. And the way he responded with the first person that he found and said, Alaska, oh, this is a good thing. It's like a good thing it is on the right path or something to that effect. It's like, all right. Well, maybe because that's a local. They are in Alaska. And now he found a local. I'm not sure. But then here it is, office, Tennessee. I don't know. This it was still causing a lot of confusion at this point for me. You know, but then they get into this little segment where they start talking about it, and he 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 brings up. He's like, "Oh, where did you start playing this game?" And she's like, "Oh, well, when my family and I used to take road trips, we used to do this with license plates. We would just call out all the license plates that we would see on the road. And since uh, we don't see cars on the road, we're seeing people. I figured it'd be something to do." So real quick, I just thought that was funny though. That, that was like, "Oh yeah." So this whole time. I'm, I don't know if you guys were, but I'm really trying to think about why or the importance of reading these IDs. And there really is no importance. This is just a game. She's just playing the name game on their journeys just to just to play. What did you think, Rich? You thought this was just a game? Or did you think there was a bigger reason for looking up the IDs? Well, I mean, the whole, the, the whole recon mission is that Virginia wants them to find... See what's going on with people getting sick, but also just to find any resources that they can use. So I don't know why they were reading the the, the it, it, I guess it was a game beyond that, but uh, I mean I don't I don't really know what it was. I I completely wasn't paying attention to any of that. <laughs> really? No, yeah, because that's all they kept saying. So the, you didn't think anything when they kept grabbing the name tags. You didn't think there was no connection. You just thought they were just bored and just trying to figure out who they were. Because well, yeah, try. Yeah, just trying to have a, a conversation to try to keep things lighthearted. I mean, they're in a, a pretty bad situation, being that Virginia is has watchful eye over them, even though they go anywhere, you know. And the whole thing about why Al doesn't want to leave the group is because they, Virginia may kill others in the group. So it's like they just tried to find some type of fun out of this situation so i just i I just imagine it was just like a nice back and forth conversation that that was it what we find out later is that they're actually collecting these things i thought they were just reading it and then discarding it no but whatever we'll get to that in a second so uh, as they're having this little back and forth and find that out then um 
Dwight says, hey, so what's the first thing you're going to do or say to the beer lady when you, you finally do get to see her? Because she's hearing on the walkie-talkie that they're en route. So they're, they she wants to get to the roof before they show up. So then that way she could see her. But then Dwight has second thoughts about this because he's like, hey, you heard what the, the woman down there said. They had her buddy go up there and he got shot and chucked off. So there goes that. You, what if she doesn't recognize you? Or what if it's not a good exchange and something happens? She still wants to take that chance. She was like, you know, I have to do it. And then she brings up, like, what if you saw Sherry? You know, remember you heard her voice. And even um, Virginia had mentioned that she broke bread with her at, at one point. And I remember hearing that scene. And just like what I, his response was my response. Like, oh, that was bullshit. She was just trying to say that to get them on her side. Virginia was. And that's what he, Dwight says. He was like, I don't believe any of that. I think it was all BS. She was just BS. He was like, but I was like, but you heard her voice on the walkie. And, you, and then you recall that. We, we, we can recall that whole scene. Like we heard a voice. I don't know if that was her, her voice, Sherry's voice. But yeah, it was a voice. And he even brings that up again. Like, oh, well, I was dehydrated. I was tired. You know, she was on my mind. I, it just came up. So maybe that I didn't really hear it. So anyway, they're trying to figure out a way to get up. Right. A lot of these areas are blocked off. There's a lot of walkers throughout this building. And she finds just a, a regular, um, oh, what you call it? What's a, the sheetrock? Just a regular sheetrock wall. She bangs on it and realizes it's pretty much it's hollow. So she makes a hole. She says, come on, we can break through. So they get through it. And now they're pretty much going through the guts of the building where the pipings and stuff are. Since it's an office building, these little spaces are much larger than in a normal house. So they're climbing up the pipings and they're climbing along one of the pipes. And as they're climbing along, she notices there's a bunch of rats up here. Tons of rats. I mean, they show it. The first thing that popped up in my mind was Indiana Jones and Indians. all oh, rats. Because, you know, he hates rats. But uh, she keeps bringing this up. Are you OK with this to Dwight? I didn't. I don't think he's ever mentioned that he had a fear of rats. Right. He never mentioned he had a similar fear like Indiana Jones. He just doesn't like rats. I mean, who, who likes rats? But whatever. So they start walking through. They do a nice little few shots, different camera angle shots where you see the rats and it looks like they're going in and out because at this point, they're on their hands and knees on this, this large pipe that they're crawling through or crawling on top of, I should say. And the, the rats are in between all over. So once they get through, they smash through another piece of uh, chic rock and they get in and they think they're okay in the home stretch. But there's all these walkers on one end. And so they go running, they close the door and they're like, all right, now what are we going to do? And while they're trying to figure it out, they start hearing gunshots. But oh, wait, that's right. Wrote, real quick, I wrote my notes. I forgot this was the key part is that once they slam that door and they're t discussing things, she notices that he has some bites or scratches and he didn't realize it and then he brings up later on he was like well maybe i got it from a sleeping bag or something when because uh, he did mention that there was a rat in his sleeping bag we never see that that happened off camera so it wasn't like they had a camping scene but he mentions that or but i was thinking oh that happened right now it just makes sense you got these rats crawling in between but she says he's infected this is it. Dun, dun, dun. She doesn't check herself, which is weird because you would think, well, if he didn't notice he got scratched or bitten, well, you probably didn't either. Your adrenaline's pumping. You're going through this. So maybe he should check her out. But anyway, he's freaking out, this whole thing. And then uh, we hear right in front of them all the shooting at the door. The door gets blown in. And it's the woman from downstairs. She's there. How did she get there? 
we'll find out in a second. But right from this this scene alone, Dana, what did you think? They're crawling through the pipes with the, the rats, that whole thing going on, and then finding out that now Dwight has the plague, or they assume he has the plague because uh, he has some scratches or a bite. Um, I was, it was one of those things that helped to build up that tension because anytime you have a hallway or your pipes just, and you're going through a whole thing of, of, um, rats, you don't know what else is lurking. I mean, before, you know, it could be a zombie, it could be a dog wolf thing or anything else. So I think they did a really great job there. Um, I'm not too worried about the whole scratch bite thing at first because just because you not all rats have the plague. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't concerned, concerned um, in that regards. And I don't think, you know, he was either. And Well, he was freaking out, but she kind of really wasn't. So I, I think she was okay in that regards. And I think he'll be okay, too, if it, you know, it doesn't have the bubonic plague. But um, a really great job at building that tension. Really great job at the hallway thing. I really wish the camera was on because I liked when it gave that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, coming from that end. She should. If anything, that would have made perfect sense at that point. Documenting mm-hmm. time, stamp, blah, blah, blah. Here it is. We think Dwight is infected. You know, uh, she well, said, maybe what, I wouldn't days? put that part on mm-hmm. because they would probably just kill him. Uh, so yeah, when, I wouldn't, I wouldn't announce that, but be like, like, hey, look, this is what it looks like to crawl through the pipes. And here are some rats and something's going on. But not that part. Um, yeah, that would have been great. But other than that, I thought it was a really just perfectly fine. I just wasn't worried that much about the scratch. Okay. All right. Rich, what did you think? Uh, I don't have anything to say about this because it, it, it's I, I'll say what I need to say later because this is jumping ahead later. So just move on to the next scene. <laughs> All right. All right. So the next scene we see that's it's a little bit more context of the, the right before we backed out of that because I didn't want to make note that she did say that he had two days. From her experience, he had two days if he was going to show any signs to get really sick. So they don't know, but they sort of know that he needs antibiotics. And that's something that they don't have right now. And that was another reason why she was like, we're gonna, we, we can't help these people. But anyway, that woman shows up again. She says that she knows that building because she used to work in that building. And so she knows all the ins and outs. And she says, why did you do this? What's going on? Why don't you help us? You're all about yourself, that type of thing. And she says, listen, you guys, and she informs a woman at this point, you have the bubonic plague, you need medicine, we don't have it. We were trying to just get to the roof. We're just trying to get this done. She's like, well, we need help. And then she just throws this out there. I don't know where she gets this because, I mean, besides Dwight's burnt face, I don't see any early signs. But she said, based off of how your buddy looks, I think he's also infected. How do you know this? You know, I, I, did, I didn't understand that. What, the concern on his face? You should all be concerned. You're in a building full of walkers. I think I think that was shade. That was just uh, shade, right? That was shade. I believe she heard them when they had their conversation. She had to overhear them talking. She That's the only thing that I got out of that, which is why she knew that he was infected. Okay. Well, it could be. It could be there. But this is another part that I was like, uh, but please tell us where you are. Because then they were like, all right, well, at this point, Al is saying that she takes blame for herself with all this. It, he would have, Dwight wouldn't have been in this situation if it wasn't going on this trip to go see the beer lady. And so he, she feels like she's going to make things right. She's got to figure things out. But then the woman was like, well, we need meds. And then Dwight was like, well, we need to go look for a pharmacy. 
<laughs> it was like a pharmacy. Oh, you're going to go find a Walgreens or, you know, a Rite Aid. What, what are you talking about? Where are you? And she was like, yeah, okay, this is the plan. <laughs> the plan is, is that uh, the woman, along with uh, Dwight, they're going to go find a pharmacy. And Al is going to go to the roof. Right? They're going to that's the that's the plan here, right? And I was like, oh, well, where are you going to find a pharmacy? That's just the thing I don't understand. Where are you going to find it? it, it, it whatever. That, that's me overthinking. But anyway, as they're progressing through the love, the I was going to say the level through the floor, right? You see another room, and it's just packed. It's a big office area. It's packed with people. A lot of walkers in there trying to figure out what's going on. Al's like, what the hell is this? And the woman's like, hey, I used to work here. We were here when people started getting sick, and then we just stayed on the fifth floor, and we never left because all this stuff started happening. I know these people, and I know we need to get through there in order to go upstairs. So we got to do this. So they decided to open up the door a little bit and just start whacking them and, and playing whack-a-mole, just killing all the empty, sort of like what we saw in the previous episode with the warehouse. But that doesn't really work out, so they just run in, they start fighting, doing the whole thing. They clear the area. Okay, it wasn't too crazy at this point. But there is an emotional element that appears here. And the woman, she kills uh, one of the the walkers. And she just stands over and just starts sobbing and getting very emotional. And Al walks over and, and Dwight, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And she's like, I know this woman. This is my co-worker. She's my friend. This is Nora. And it's just really sad. And I guess at that point, that's when Al was like, oh, what was... Your friend's name that went to the roof. She's like, Mark. And then that's when she takes out the ID from Alaska, which is the one that she picked up downstairs, or Dwight picked up, and it says Mark. And she hands it to him. Uh, hands it to her and says, here you go. And she's all, oh, thank you. Because then she made a little comment that it's sad that this is how the last memory or the vision that she has of this person, which, which regarding Nora, was her as a, a walker. Well, at least when it comes to Mark, she'll have that image of Mark who knows how old that picture is from Alaska? I know my driver's license picture is way old. Doesn't look anything like me. But that's not the point. The point is, Al had the ID, handed it over. Boom. There we go. Touching moment. Any comments on that? Anything that you picked up from this? I just want to say really quickly that it's really adorable how World Beyond is, is um, coming off on you. And that it's slowly warming your heart because you refer to them as walkers instead of walkers as empties. I said empties. You said empties. You wasn't aware of it. I was like, oh, yeah. this is the seed. Damn. Oh, my God. You went from I hate this word to like, and you know, and they're empties. Oh, so man. very nice. But um, in general, the scene, this was one of those every every few episodes or so we have that emotional touching thing of like, I remember Barbara. And then you see Barbara in the corner and she has to kill Barbara. Um, but again, Nora, that Nora, just Nora. no. Well, I just I was giving you a oh a name. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. Barbara Susan Julie. Um, so it was one of those kind of sad moments where you just kind of remember how life was before, and also a weird thing of well, at least I didn't end up that way, but oh my god, my heart is still breaking. Situations. And the fact that they remained in office and just kind of never really left, there's so many questions within that as well, because how much do they know what's really going on? Um, who are they able to get in contact when it comes to food and supplies? Who are they sending out for supplies? Where are the people who probably never made it back? You know, so there's just so many different little tiny nuances and questions in that whole, in that one little moment. Um, but 
in regards, it just kind of shows how, you know, how close everyone was. And also, I just keep thinking of, like, everyone's stuck in this office and look at this disease and look how quickly a disease is going to spread. So I, I don't kind of blame um, the other one who, who wanted to run and flee. But, um, no, it's just one of those really touching, nice, sad moments to kind of show you how the name tags will play back and will play out later on. Mm-hmm. Rich, what did you think of this this uh, touching moment here? Yeah, I mean, it's just the sta- in my opinion, it's, this is the standard Walking Dead, you know, where there's characters that uh, obviously they have a connection to other characters and unfortunately those characters don't make it, so I mean, this is this is the formula that they have, uh, whether it's the Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, or uh, World Beyond soon. Um, so, I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, I didn't have any any, any issues with it, but uh, they had already said earlier in this episode that we had a friend that got shot in the head. So, but when her when she had to actually kill one of the people who was her friend, yeah, that that makes it even more of a of a personal issue. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I have to agree. If I had to kill one of you guys and you were, oh whoa, her, whoa, I hey, would, what? I would uh, get upset and I would feel bad. But then, <laughs> if it was Dana, the first thing I'd do is check her pockets because I know she carries candy, and I'm like, yo, <laughs> I need some sweets. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? He's just scavenging a dead body. We want an ID. You know who she is. I said, yeah, I want fucking Kit Kats and Jolly Ranchers. That's what I want. All right. So then the next scene, we see that they made it to the the roof. It says. 32 on the on the top floor, which is where I get the 32 floor. Because early on, early on, and there was no point in mentioning it, but the one thing when they do pan at the building, Dwight says, I hope they have an elevator. So either way, it was a, a tall building. But anyway, there we go, 32 floor. 32. Um, the woman then says, all right, this is it. This is where you need to go. Then you're at the roof. Dwight gets emotional, gives her a hug, hopes everything works out for her because that's it. He's off to go with... This woman, they still haven't said her name. Unless I missed it, they never said her name. But um, he says they're going to go off, find a pharmacy, because they need medicine. So I was like, oh, this is what we're going to see for the next episode. Now it's going to be the journey with the woman in Dwight looking for a pharmacy, trying to find meds and that whole thing. And then this might be the send-off till later in the season for Al, right? This is what I'm thinking. But he says, hey, I left a little message on on your camera because she was going to give him the camera you know, to document to do all that stuff because that's the other thing they still have to check in with the rangers they're still part of virginia's group so that's still right now if you recall from the early part at the funeral home they were told to keep investigating they couldn't go to the rally point they had to keep investigating until they found out what is killing the people so at some point they're going to check in and he says no take that with you you know and just watch it. i put a little message on there so they embrace she goes up to the roof. Boom. Here we go. This is a big scene. There's two big scenes. The two biggest scenes in this episode. All right. She breaks through. She's on the rooftop. She's looking around. She sees some boxes, some crates, and some other things. She looks at her watch. Two minutes. So from what she recalls from the conversations on the walkie-talkies, doing the math and the timing, that uh, Ground 17, that's what I wrote. I think that's the name of that unit, the helicopter unit. They are approaching that site, uh, that drop site. And so that's what's going on here. So she's waiting. And I was like, man, this is going to be interesting. See what happens. What happens is not what I expected at all. So she sits down. She takes out the tape recorder. And she does some playback on it, and she sees Dwight. Dwight 
says, hey, I went to take a leak, and I figured this will be the only free time away from you that I'll have, and I just want to say I wish you all the luck with you and, and your future with uh, the beer lady, and that I love you. And uh, it was very touching. It was very short. And she, she sees it, and she's like, okay. And I didn't think much of that. I was like, oh, that's a nice, nice thing for him to say. Whatever. They've been together for a while in this group. And like you mentioned earlier, we've seen a huge transformation in the Dwight character. You know, spanning from where he was with the, the Negan. I am Negan. Long live Negan. All right. And uh, at that moment, she goes over to one of the crates. She grabs a flare gun, shoots off a flare. I was like, wait, wait, what's she doing? I mean, the helicopter's already coming. What, 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 she wants light? Was that part of the, the communication? Did I miss something else now? That you had to sound off on a flare or something? Nope, that was not it. Shoots the flare. She now starts talking on that private line that she's just been listening in. And she says, yeah, uh, ground 17, pretty much, what was it? Uh, evacuate, just don't, don't even come over here. Just reverse course, that's it. She's a reverse course. And the woman, which is the beer lady, gets on. It's like, who is this? What's going on here? Wait, wait, wait. How did you get on this channel? And she's like, listen, everyone here is sick. It's the bubonic plague. They're infected. There's no one to save here. So just forget about coming back. Then a little pause. Woman comes on again and says, hey, are you infected? She's like, no. But just, just keep going in. It's great to hear from you or hear your voice again. And uh, that was it. And then the woman was like, well, get off this channel. <laughs> right? There's something to that, to that effect. It's like, whatever. I don't give a shit. Fine. She was like, thanks for the heads up, but uh, get off this channel. And uh, that was it. And then you see the helicopter just like reverse course and fly back or fly away. And so Al walks over to the crate because all oh, the woman had said, hey, well, if you look in one of the supplies there, I left some beer. So you could at least drink some beer. So she is a beer lady. That gets confirmed. And so she walks over there. Al walks over there. And in one of the boxes, what did she find? Boom, antibiotics. A whole box full of antibiotics. What is it doing there? Who knows? Maybe they knew the plague was there. And this is CRM. You see? Maybe this is it. So she sees it. She lights up. She's happy. She gets on the walkie. She's like, Dwight, where are you? He's like, oh, we're on our way out. It's like, no, no, stay where you are. I'm coming down. Right, that this is it. We're okay. I'm coming down. Okay, so before we go to the final scene, what did you guys think here of this situation of Al? Here it is has a chance to meet up with this her her you know the beer lady, the woman from the previous season that she had relations with, and she could you know, start a new life. But all of a sudden decides, nope, I'm not going to do that, and just and remember she did that before finding the meds. So she still didn't know if she could help Dwight or any of these people and still decided, now nah, I'm just going to ride this hardship out in this uh, uh, this bubonic plague uh, building here and I'm just going to send her on her way. So, Dana, you already started seeing it. What did you think of this? Corny. Corny? Um, corny. Um, I, don't, I just don't like corn. It was very corny for me. Um... I was thrown off again at first when you the flare went in the air. I was like, well, you know, they already know where she's at. Maybe it was like, I'm not an aviator. So I'm like, maybe it's just an extra signal. Like, hey, this is the exact spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that she turned them away, I did not really fully understand why at first. It was like, oh, well, maybe she's going to just end up choosing Dwight and staying there with Dwight. 
or maybe just staying in the office. Maybe she actually was bitten and she thought that she was infected. And that's why she's turning them away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so um, <clears throat> I thought it was in regards to that. Um, her getting up to the roof, I was you know, a little scared, but that's just how it is. You don't know who's going to be killed or whatnot. But <clears throat> I honestly thought that she was not telling anyone that she was bit and that she and her maybe kind of prepared to just go and die and take just care a, just of the die with the beer lady. Maybe no one. Oh, oh, even... why she wanted yeah. to stay? Why she wanted to stay? No, that's why that's she what, wanted to stay. That's what I was expecting. I was like, after she watched that video, and yeah. I was expecting for her to like lift up her sleeve or something and show. Oh man, she was yeah. bit. She was infected. Right. But no, all right. So I thought it was like, oh, she was bit. She's gonna go and try to help Dwight as much as she can, and they'll just die together in that office. Yeah. And she kind of like you know came to that kind of resolve with herself. Um. That was the only thing that I can think of. But I we still don't know whether or not she was bitchy and seen nothing. Yeah, yeah. But and that was before. And then the antibiotics, I thought, was like, oh, what a great matter of convenience. Yeah, how convenient. That's what I was going to say. I was like, what I, are all these antibiotics doing? then it here? was like, oh, and then in regards to that, of where, where are they doing there? Was it the CRM? I know that this is before... Uh, world beyond but we know that crm is actually a bad group but in order to get people to trust you you have to do good first Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so maybe there are dropping you know how you just like drop off and in hope that something is happening so you like you drop off at different sites oh here's a building maybe there's people trapped inside here's some supplies and you just yeah i thought and i thought about that but then when we started hearing the chatter on the communication from the the walkies Mm -hmm. it sounds like this is how that group gives supplies to each other they never actually go into the building which is why when mark the the alaska guy went to the roof like hey we got people downstairs they don't give two shits they shot him and they threw him off they're right. like, no, that's not what this is about. We're using this so that way we don't have to go on the street level to get infected and deal with people. So they have these spots, these helipad spots, and these are their drop spots. And then so this helicopter right. comes, drops supplies. Another helicopter comes, picks up those supplies. That's how they move things around. Right. You know, so that's, that's that explains, I guess, why we see antibiotics and stuff up there. Because like, oh, yeah, well, that's for the other group. That wasn't for the people downstairs. Right. Yeah, and it kind of sucks that they don't care about expanding their group because you would think it's like, hmm, this guy Mark shows up. Hey, we're okay. Or maybe at the time, I'm assuming it was some time ago because he was uh, all zombified. But I'm assuming some time had passed when that happened. So they well, they were know. still healthy people down there. They weren't all sick. Well, you you expand your group, you open it up to more chaos. There's more people to feed. There's more mm-hmm. antibiotics. No one wants all that headaches. We we've seen it with a ton of zombie plague movies oh yeah that's not always a good thing so let the other people fend for themselves that's it rich you got anything to say in this part yeah i I, there's two comments i would like to make uh first and foremost um when uh al had the conversation over the walkie-talkie she didn't say no i'm not infected she said i might be i'm not sure so in my opinion when her telling the lady to, to go back, this is a redeeming quality from what happened earlier in the episode. Because when she wanted to get out of there immediately with Dwight, that was a selfish act. You had criticized earlier, why would she do that? This was 
the redemption of that because she said, well, I'm not going to have you come here and risk the chance of you being exposed to this virus. So that was why she said, no, I'm not going to do that. And then she was willing to give up seeing her again for that moment. Um, so that was why she decided to just turn her away and said, no, uh, I might be infected, but uh, don't come here because I don't want you to get infected also. That's what that whole interaction was about. Now, the other point, going to what you both said about finding the antibiotics, in my personal opinion, this is exactly why I will never say this was the best episode this season. Because it is a matter of convenience, as Dana said, but I think it's way, way too convenient and way too much in the vein of telling a story on TV where you have to get to a resolution at the end of the episode. Unlike with the regular Walking Dead show, where you have a character like Ezekiel who has cancer and still has cancer. So it's not, and that's realistic because a lot of people out there, I mean, if they get diagnosed, maybe eventually over time they will go into remission if they're taking treatments, et cetera. But in this, in, in this situation here, if Dwight has this huge infection, all of a sudden it gets resolved at the end of the episode. That was why I didn't like that because I feel but if the character got infected, they, that that probably should have been a lingering thing to keep people guessing what was going to happen to the character throughout the season because you know the character is not well. So when Beer Lady said, all right, I, there's a bunch of supplies there and in the supplies there beer, where did you think those were in the supplies? What items did you think were in the supplies? I had no idea what was in there. So you don't I, think they, it's possible to have like a med kit with some antibiotics? Well, I, I do think it's possible to have a med kit, but what I'm saying when I say it's a matter of convenience is that I don't like how in this episode you reveal, okay, Dwight is 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 infected, and within 20 minutes yeah. later, now we have now all of a sudden, oh, we got a cure though. That that's what I didn't like. That that so I have to criticize that, and I understand with these episodes you're trying to tell a story within an hour. You know, you want to have a conflict and you want to introduce it at the you want to introduce the conflict at the beginning and have a resolution at the end. I understand that from a storytelling standpoint, but I, I just don't like how you would reveal that quick that, yes, Dwight is has an infection. But wait a second. Don't worry. We already we already got the antibiotics. I did not like that at all. Um, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. And the next scene, we see back on the fifth floor, and everyone's taking meds. Everyone's taking the meds and, and making a quick recovery. The same guy that was hunched over now looks like he's alert. It's like, hey, things are getting better. This reminds me of uh, Dead Rising. If anybody ever played that game, and you give meds to people, and they just like get up, thank <laughs> you, and they go running off and help you out, and you give them a weapon. So uh, it was, it was, it was a feel good moment. And uh, Dwight's like, well, what happened up there? What's going on? And I don't recall this again. I, I mean, it's been, we're on season six. These seasons are long, 20 plus episodes. But she brings up Al says, hey, I lost a brother once. I don't want to lose another one. You know, and then they hug. So there we go. We have a serious bond here between these two characters. This is a serious friendship. And we don't really see that too much in The Walking Dead. We see a lot of interactions and people connecting. But then it's like short term. It's like, ah, oh, we're part of a group. We talk and stuff. But this seems very close. This is it. Like, that we're going to see more of this connection, I feel. So also one of the, during this whole thing, Al had mentioned to the woman that she was going to help bring them to a better place. Because she was like, oh, we can go to your group with Virginia. And I was like, no, no, no. We're not going with Virginia. 
we're not going to one of those settlements. I'm going to try to do my best to find another place for you guys. You know, so at this point, they're already heading downstairs. And when they're getting to that point, they turn on. I was like, well, I think we have to let the Rangers know where we are. We have to at least call in and check in because it's daylight. So he turns on the radio, the walkie-talkie. Once he turns it on, you hear a woman. I say, I saw a flare. I saw a flare. Is anyone there that needs help? And he just pauses. And he's like, honey, is that you? I don't know if that's the first response I would give. I would call out the person's name, honey. That's very... That's just a term of endearment. That could be anyone. But whatever. There's another pause. And then there's Dwight. Cue the sad music. Here we go. Here we go. Tearjerker moment if you're one of those. Because now we see outside the building. He runs out there. There's some sad song playing. He's looking up and down the streets. Now it's daylight. So we see there's office buildings all around them. And he looks down at one of the, the pathways or alleyways. And there's just one woman standing there you know, with a hood on. And I'm like, oh, my God. Is, is this going to be it or is this a trap? And he looks and he goes running and the sad music's playing. And he's running and he's running. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, no. And he gets to her. You know, and then he, he pull, lifts her head up. I'm surprised she even lets him touch her or whatever. But still, I was hoping she would run at him, too. Right? That's the husband. Wouldn't you think of like you're both running? It's like, oh, I'll just let him do this. I'm tired. No, too corny. Too corny, right? I guess so. You know, pick her up and spin around in the circle and like do that stuff. But anyway, he, he lifts up her head up and sure enough, it's Sherry. Ba ba ba. We haven't seen her in a few seasons. You know, especially we have not seen her at all in fear. You know, that was from Walking Dead, if you remember. That's part of Negan's group. That is actually Negan's wife. What the hell? What's going on here? But uh that's a whole other one. So anyway, he kisses her. There's a long kiss. Uh, I couldn't tell because they did some overhead shots, some drone shots. Were there others with her in the distance? Was she with a group? No, I just saw the two. I just, I just saw them, saw right? That was it. Because when, when they did that overhead shot, I was really trying to, to peek around to see if she was with a group. And she just so happened to be in front of them. Like maybe they were running over freaking out. Like, yo, who's that kissing her? What's happening? She's under attack. Shoot him. You know, see, so that would be even that would be great. Actually, that would be great if some guy just comes up and knocks him over the head. I saved you. That's my husband. You know, some, but whatever. They kiss, then they hug, then there's a quick scene back to the the, the office building. You see the woman and Al run out. They see this Kool Aid smile on Al. So they call. Oh, look, there are. This is a happy ending. It wasn't for me with Beer Lady, but look at this. He found his wife, and poof, there we go. And yes, I walked after, and there was nothing after the end. <laughs> Wait, no, the no, you didn't. For the next episode, you didn't see the part where it cl- it went to another scene. What? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, but uh, this right here, this was uh, sort of teased. I guess I could bring it up now on Instagram. Dwight had posted the actor posted a picture of himself with that actress that plays Sherry, and they were together. So a lot of people said, "Hey, this is it." They're going to meet up. We are actually going to see them together on this season. Uh, so uh, I didn't. I didn't bother bringing it up. Like, oh, whatever. Anything's possible. Maybe it was just you know, pointing the fans in the wrong direction. It was one of the red herring. But no, it wasn't. Here we go. The journey is over. He had uh, Dwight had mentioned how crazy he was earlier on to Al talking about. Hey, remember I'm the one following notes from my wife across the country. 
So I'm a little loopy out there. And sure enough, it paid off because he is far away from where he originally uh, was with his wife. And technically, we still don't know where they are. That's the other thing. That, and hopefully we'll get that answered in the next episode. Which it's I don't a think, city. Downtown. It's, a, yeah, it's definitely a city and it's downtown. We just don't know which city. You know, what, did they go back? Are they back in, uh, what was it, Virginia? Right? No, here's, no, 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 no. Here's how you can narrow it down. Because the building is 32 stories high, we know there are certain, there's still certain cities that don't have high rises, like New York. Like, when I say high rises, like in the form of New York City high rises. Skyscrapers. Skys- yes, skyscrapers. Wow, couldn't remember that one. Anyway, so we know that it's definitely not, for for example, D.C., because they don't have that there. Um, it's probably not somewhere up north. Mm. So it would either leave the Midwest or the South, or I, I wouldn't say Alaska. No, I definitely don't think it went like that far. There's no way Sherry's going to be in Alaska. That, no. There you go. When, when, when Richard's talking Which about is the why convenience the tag- of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why the tags actually mean something. But they're from everywhere. That was the thing. I, if they were all saying the same thing, then that would be the clue. It was like, oh, okay, yeah. they're all in Minnesota or something. But they were each tag was from. Well, no, I know. Well, you could say those tags eliminate where they would be. So if you're all from different places, and you know, oh, here's Chicago, here's Minnesota, then you could say, oh, well, we're we're no, we're not in, in California. We're no, we're not in Minnesota. So maybe it's like a process of elimination. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess. But I don't understand why he was so excited when he saw the Alaska. And he was like, oh, this is it. But because uh, here's, oh, shoot, I can't believe I almost brushed off this. On their way down the stairs, though, they this is um, Al starts thinking that this was not an accident. This was not a fluke when it comes to the rats in the building. And he was no. like, what do you mean? And she was like, this this doesn't just happen. These brats were probably put here. This was done on purpose. And I she, said that. You did say that? I wasn't sure. I said that in regards to, remember, there was the group we don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 The yeah, end yeah, is the yeah. beginning, no, no, the beginning is the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, you said that. You we said don't that. know. But, I mean, on the show, on the show, she brings it up. She brings it up. Oh, And okay. then she found the spray can. I don't know why they left the spray can, but they did. And she the spray says, can well, from the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, from the thing. But still, bring it. I don't know. I don't think if you just write one sentence like that, I don't think you use up the entire can. Whatever. We don't know what else are they doing. Uh, maybe they would trade the Maybe they're, maybe they're tagging them. Yeah, maybe they're, they're doing they're some really awesome pieces in, in the alleyway. I don't know. This is this is a franchise that loves their spray cans. They do love their spray cans, you know. So, yeah, so that's one of the things right, that's just worth mentioning, that she did throw that hint out there that maybe this was a setup, that these people are sending these rats out there. Because I'm assuming it's nothing really personal toward this building. It's more of just people in general. I think this mm-hmm. cult is probably just trying to kill off everyone. And or this cult was trying to bring back a plague. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's how they were doing it. They were bringing these infected rats and dropping them off in office buildings. Which means that different locations could have different plagues. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember <gasps> early also, the woman had said that it was during an office party. And there was food and stuff out. So maybe it got into the food and, you know, that's that's how that whole thing happened. People started getting sick. You know, rat droppings and stuff. But uh, yeah, so he was like, "Oh well, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it is uh, from uh, the, Wait. the group." Then that would have to be. Then that was before the the Walking Dead, Walking Dead, because if that was like a normal office party when everything was normal, 
No, but this is recent. That's the thing. This was all recent. This was because a woman had said this was during an office party, and then they ran to the fifth floor and they just stayed there because of all these people. They were dying, and what happens when you die? You turn into a walker. And she didn't have that many bullets because she had mentioned that also. She didn't have that many bullets. So then the food was poisoned. They turned, but it doesn't explain the rats. Because if the group, whatever secret group was was sent, say they was under, they pretended to be the, the delivery catering people, or whatever, then that means that the food had to be poisoned. Some of them died off, which is why they turned into walkers. But then they also sent the plague. They must. Have, the thing is, there was a lot of rats there. There was rats but it's everywhere. It's an office building, and it's, it's an, reminded yeah. me of a city. Yeah, no, I get that too. I mean, if you go I, to New York, yeah, then... yeah, yeah. But it was just who knows. It's either we'll, maybe we'll find out later on. But either way, it looks like it's this group, and they set this up, and that's what Al was hinting at. And that's something that you wow. discovered early on. And but she brings it up on the show. She was like, "I think it had something to do with this group, and I don't think this was an accident because the the bubonic plague just doesn't show up in a downtown city area by accident." No. So, either way, it was cool. It was a cool setup. I liked this whole thing. I like to see where it's going to go. I think now we're seeing new cast members. I think that woman's going to play a big part. The, we still don't know her name, but that if anyone does, go ahead and leave it in the comments because none of us here can remember it. And uh, the fact that Al says, hey, we're going to find a safe place for you. This would be the perfect time. I don't know how it's going to happen. I doubt it's going to happen. But some way that Morgan can connect to Al. Because then he could say, oh, send those people my way. you know, And then he can build up his group. Because that's the plan, right? It's not so much of a safe haven for for uh, Rachel and little Morgan. It's just a new community. But he's also fortifying it. He's getting ready to start a battle. Because he knows eventually Virginia will come for him and the group. And they're going to need to fight. And that could be what we see in the finale. But this is cool. Now we see there's a, some new people. These are the ones that are all healed up from the with the meds. And Al is involved and she's going to help them. So I wouldn't be surprised if these people show up there. So there you go, people. This was our review of Fear of the Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 4, Alaska. Uh, I liked it. I really did like it. Some parts, eh, it could be a little corny here and there. But overall, I liked it. And I liked a lot of... I, 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 I really like when they answer long-lasting questions. And this one, this whole thing with Sherry. Was uh, Dwight ever going to really find Sherry? I mean, look how far he's traveled. Is this even a possibility? And the answer is yes now. It is. And he found her. And we'll see where that goes. Uh, if you go based off of the comic, she... There's a lot going on there, and she was part of uh, Negan's crew and doing a bunch of other things. She took over the sanctuary area for him when Negan left. It's a whole other direction. I think this is not going down that path, so don't even try to connect it. I do not think this is connected at all for her story connected to the comics. It's different, and that's fine. That's what we want, right? We want to be surprised. We want changes. So again, thanks for subbing and listening and, and just getting involved. And we will see you for the next episode of World Beyond. I think that, yeah, that's next week. All right. So for Rich, Dana, and I, and everybody else over at the Coalition, thanks again for listening. And we will see you next time. Peace.